Welcome, 99ers. How's it going? It is Thursday, February 20, 2020. Oh, the magic number. Magic number for yesterday's shit show that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I was actually like yesterday because I, I actually didn't get to watch it till today. Yeah, neither did I. But yeah, what a shit show. It always is. This one was more of a shit show than the last one, honestly. Right. Yeah. It was pretty bad. We're talking about the debate, by the way, in case you didn't catch the shit show reference. The Democratic debate um, that welcomed Mr. Bloomberg to the stage for the first time because the DNC changed the rules for him specifically. So I think Juke has some gripes she wants to bring up about that. Yeah, I'm just done with uh, Tom Perez already. I mean, first it was the re-canvas that he announced, you know, four days after there were problems, which is Mm -hmm. bullshit. I feel like that shows bias that suddenly now you want to re-canvas, even though the problems went on for four days. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was my first gripe with him, and then this. Well, the re-canvassing is only part of it because there was obviously some shenanigans that went on with the Ordering a re-canvas is not a problem. It's the fact that he waited four days to do it. Right, but I mean, and the fact that that's all he wants to do is recount. I mean, that's a little bit suspect, too, because basically we know what's going to happen in a recount. If he recounts, Bernie's count's going to drop. <laughs> right. But um, which, which last week when we talked about this, we did, when we reviewed it after the re-canvas, it was that way. It was, first it was a tie, and then after the re-canvas, they're like, oh, no, Pete gets one more delegate. Right. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, okay, but sure. I mean, there was no investigation into the whole app situation, and there's not going to be, but... Um, I was just telling Duke that there was a, a lawsuit that was actually brought against the DNC, which I hadn't even heard of. One of my conservative friends actually sent it to me earlier this week concerning, because I had mentioned to him that I'm surprised that, you know, Bernie supporters don't take the DNC to court. Like the people that supported Kamala Harris and Helene Castro and Booker because they fell out because they didn't meet these requirements. And those people gave money, gave money to these candidates and then they were forced out by the rules that Tom Press said he wouldn't change. And then he changed them for Michael Bloomberg. So how is that not defraud? I mean, frauding the people I mean, that gave money to, to the other candidates that fell out. Those weren't my candidates, but still in the sense of being fair in a process, people gave their hard-earned money to support those candidates. Right, right. And so this specifically, what we're talking about is the fact that, um, you know, after Everything was already started. They decided that they were going to scrap the uh, grassroots support rule, mm-hmm. which, if I'm right, requires, is it a percentage or a dollar amount of well, grassroots? Well, they, they did it a couple different ways, I think, based on what debate they were, they were on. Um, they wanted to know that the candidates had a widespread grassroots, so they had to have so many individual donors. And then there was also a requirement that they be spread out over so many states because they said, you know, well, maybe there's a bunch of individual donors in California, but that's not going to show that you have widespread country across the country support to beat Trump. So we're going to kind of throw that little spice in there. So they added all these different things in there. And Michael Bloomberg has zero of any of those things. But they and they kept saying, you know, Tom Perez was questioned about this after the three three uh, minority candidates were forced out by these rules. Some people started to raise questions like, is the DNC really uh, putting rules up that are somehow uh, eliminating minority candidates? Which to me, 
I, I don't feel like the way that they did it did eliminate minority candidates because if any one of those minority candidates had the support that, say, Bernie or Elizabeth Warren had, individual donors giving them money, there would have been anything to stop them either. But they just didn't have that broad, whether it was from name recognition or their policies didn't resonate, whatever. They didn't have the broad-based support that the DNC was saying was a requirement. So fair being fair, they fell out. But then to change the rules to let Mike Bloomberg back in is just right which is clearly exactly what they did they dropped this rule and changed it so that bloomberg could be a part of the debates which is just totally wrong although i have to admit that it was hilarious it was watching everyone attack him on the stage because he clearly does not belong here no no one likes him he doesn't he's and you know what was funny was because his spokespeople came out said oh mike's preparing for these debates blah 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 and he was he was he was a dumpster fire he was the worst person i've ever seen in the debate about anything he couldn't really respond he was awful but i think part of it is when you when you do public speaking is how well you know your content because if you know your content and you're comfortable with it and you're confident with it you can talk about it off the top of your head you know this if you had to do public speaking Mm -hmm. um i'm not too good at memorizing a speech and, and trying to remember it verbatim without leaving a part out but um, what I was always told in speech class is you familiarize yourself with the material so much that you can speak to it from your heart, okay? Bloomberg doesn't have a heart, and his policies are crap. They've always been utter elitist crap. So he's up there trying to defend crap, and he, he sucked at it. So, I mean, when you have shitty policies, plus you're terrible, I mean, it was just the worst of the worst. And I do have to say that even though we've torn up Elizabeth Warren because of her who whatever she bad advice she took from somebody that said hey try to throw bernie under the bus whatever that whole issue was she literally laid mike bloomberg out yeah total mad respect to her for laying him out yeah at least you know i think that i'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt maybe she just does have some advisors that are like listen you need to do this and she trusts them but i definitely I don't want to believe that it's in her character that that comes up as her own idea to go after different people because I don't, I don't see that as a pattern for her. No, I mean, she even give Blo- even during the debate, yeah. she when they tried to call out actually Pete Buttigieg specifically tried to call out Amy Klobuchar and you know kind of insinuated that she was dumb when they talked about her forgetting the president of Mexico's name. Um, Elizabeth Warren defended her like, right. listen. Everybody slips up and forgets a name every once in a while. You want to criticize somebody on their policy, that's fine. But let's not, you know, bash someone just for a simple, you know, blip of a moment. Right. And defended her. And I'm like, that is the Elizabeth Warren that I have been seeing since 2015 when she really started to get into the spotlight. So I'm like, I don't know who's been in her ear like, hey... We need to start getting a little bit more aggressive against some of these other candidates, but it's not a good look for her. Well, you know, too, it's funny because um, Kamala Harris was kind of uh, reported to have been hanging out with some former Hillary people right before her campaign crashed and burned. And I think the whole, um, you know, get out there and dance, you know, the dancing thing that she was being advised to do, like, you know, to try to make herself more relatable to people. And it was like... Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris went from being the star of the Kavanaugh hearings mm-hmm. where she raked Kavanaugh over the coals and everybody was like, yay. And I even was super impressed with her, you know, um, to just crashing and burning. Yep. It, and I think it was because whoever she was getting her advice from, from was too contrived. They're trying to make a person play act a role and voters can see right through right, that Right, exactly. Crap. I would agree. 
right through it. And I think Elizabeth Warren, after whoever was behind the whole Kamala crash, I think they got in Elizabeth Warren's ear and was like, hey, like, do this. You know, you got to throw Bernie down. Whatever. Yeah, no, the whole shit with her, like, oh, have a beer with Elizabeth Warren. That's the kind of shit that gets to me right. as a millennial voter. You know, it doesn't make me respect you. No. It's pandering. It's a marketing it's low. Tool. It's just, if you're trying to rake in young people who have no interest in politics, maybe mm-hmm. that works for them. But it's insulting to people like me who I, I would generally just like to hear Stick to the issues. The right. issues. To exactly. Be genuine. Be genuine. Absolutely. Um, which is, I guess, why I like Bernie because I didn't see, I mean, I didn't see Bernie out there trying to have a beer with anyone. Like, it's just And it was ignorant. the selfie. Remember the selfie thing? Like, Elizabeth Warren's selfie thing? Like, they were like, oh, she'll stay for hours and take selfies. And it was like, selfie, selfie, selfie. It was like, that was all. And it, it feels just like. They're, they have marketing people in there telling them, hey, this will be really your uh, niche market if you do this and do that. And it's like, yeah. just stop all that bullshit and just do what Bernie's doing, which is tell us what your policies are, have passion about it, be truthful, and take your chances. Like, maybe some people will like you, maybe some people won't. Well, here's the other thing, too, I actually forgot to tell you about before we started this. And I had to, I, I was like losing my shit because here we are again with politicians pandering to the younger generations. I follow all kinds of meme pages, right? It's just like a thing in my generation. This is what we do. We like memes. And they were infiltrated by the turdberg. And I'm (laughs) so pissed. All these meme pages that I follow are posting these awful, like horrible, not funny Bloomberg memes because he was paying people to put these Mm -hmm. memes up. I think he hired like 1,700 people to be internet influencers or something. Like... I'm disgusted. And I was just yeah. like, you know what? Uh, these pages are funny, but there's a shit ton of them. So I'm unfollowing every single one of these because you've been bought now by a fucking politician. These yeah. are supposed to be memes, you stupid walnut. <laughs> like, why did you do this to me? But um, yeah, how fucking low, dude. And it just yeah. made me laugh because I'm like, you know what, Bloomberg? You can throw your money at anything, but you're literally never going to have the army of young people who created fucking memes to be making constant memes throughout right. this entire thing right. for you like they do Bernie. Right. I mean, it's just not going to happen, dude. It's, it's all fake. That's that's the problem. It's like, and, and it's funny to hear, and I'm going to get into these what these people had to say before the debate started, because they always bring on these, quote, experts to frame the debate for you. Like, you can't just watch it and figure out what's going to happen. I know, happen. I hate this. They what? have to precondition your brain so that so as you stupid. hear it, you're going to already, you know, categorize the information the way they want you to. It's it's so stupid. But, but anyway... Um, before I go into that, the lawsuit that was brought by the Bernie supporters after the emails came out about the 2016 uh, shenanigans the DNC pulled in favoring Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders, you know, all the people that gave money to Bernie, they probably weren't very wealthy people. They were just people giving, you know, five or ten bucks if they could afford it. And so when they when it came out, what the DNC did, they were enraged. So there was a lawsuit filed against the DNC for fraud. And... Um, what happened was the judge in the case, finally August 28th of, of 2017, dismissed the lawsuit um, that was... On what grounds? Okay, it says, um, the court recognized that the DNC treated voters unfairly. Okay, so the court's not arguing that. But it ruled that the DNC is a private corporation. Therefore, voters cannot protect their rights by turning to the courts. To me, that makes no sense because if, if any... If I sue uh, Sears and Roebuck or whatever because my refrigerator craps out of me and I bought it from them, they're a private corporation. So the idea that 
a buyer can't sue a private corporation for breach of contract. That that's the whole that's the whole legal basis for suing somebody. So I don't really understand that logic. But it says, and this was from the ruling of the courts. To the extent plaintiffs wish to air their general grievances with the DNC or its candidate selection process, their redress is through the ballot box, the DNC's internal workings, or their right to free speech, not through the judiciary. Rather than reflecting on the concert, and that was the quote from the, from the, uh, from the ruling. And then this article says, rather than reflecting on the consternation every day of everyday voters having are having over the conduct of the Democratic presidential primary, the DNC is doubling down on the assertion that the primary election belongs to the people who control the party, not the voters. In the transcript for last week's hearing in Wilding versus DNC, which is the court case if you want to look it up, DNC and Debbie Wasserman Schultz released Friday. DNC attorneys assert that the party has every right to favor one candidate over another, despite their party rules that state otherwise, because after all, they're a private corporation and they can change their rules if they want. So that's why you have Tom Perez right now so bold and so arrogant about changing the rules for Bloomberg because they literally got taken to court over the fraud that they committed in the last election and got and basically the nothing court, happened. The yeah. court gave them a gold star to go on with your business. Yeah, which is why at this point, after this election, I will be absolutely overwhelmingly against the DNC and just hope that by the next election, we will have something worked out that does not involve them. And because just, I'm done mm-hmm. with the DNC and basically everybody I know is too. And just as a side note, the last time the court rejected. Uh, the private party argument uh, against the DNC because they were sued before once in 1944. And the reason they were sued is because they didn't want to let black people run in, quote, their primary. Yeah. So anybody who is confused about, oh, Democrats have always been the good guys. No, they well, were. Yeah. The Southern Democrats were the racist group that, you know, it changed. But even still, even, even this right here. What year did you say this was that they had to sue for this? That was 1944, and then after the Hillary Clinton debacle was in 20, they sued in 2016 when those e- when the emails came out that they were defrauded of their money when they donated to Bernie Sanders. This is always the thing I'm going to push. Both parties are fucking awful. They're awful, right. and I'm tired of people looking at the Republican Party and thinking somehow the Democratic Party is like the angel and they're the devil. Well, you know the the Republican Party does not have superdelegates. Right. They don't. Of course, they were crying about that last time around because they were hoping there was some way at the last minute they could screw Trump the way that they did Bernie, but they didn't have those, they didn't have superdelegates, so they were pretty much stuck with the will of the people. Right. Which is how it should be. Right. But still, I mean, they are corrupt themselves, but mm-hmm. I don't think that their base is. Right. Um, which is opposite on our end because I feel like there are a lot of good people that would run under... Uh, democrat you know title mm-hmm. but everyone knows the dnc is just fucking crooked well and not only that but um a friend of mine you know has really enlightened me over the last uh year and a half about people running in local elections and smaller districts and whatnot where they have a state a sitting democrat who's been in there for you know two or three four terms and they really haven't done anything for the people but everybody knows them so when election time comes up and they see the name on the ballot they just check it so a lot of times there's nobody even running against them in the primary 
So progressives have started to look at these areas and say, listen, where's a a chance that we could beat this sitting Democrat and put a progressive Democrat in who really wants to work for the people? And the DNC will attack that person. Yep. They will give money to the establishment it's like Big Democrat. Brother. It is. It's like uh, hiring the mafia to protect your store. And not only that, <laughs> but they also go after vendors who produce, um, you know, flyers, pamphlets, TV, people that make TV commercials. Like they tell them, do not work with these people or you won't ever get another contract with us again. Like that's how mafia it is. Yep. It's really crazy. Awful. Completely undermining of the democracy that we represent, or we say we represent. So this debate was for democratic candidates and it was nbc put this one on um and before the debate started there was about an hour of you know the pre-debate which i will not watch it's kind of disgusting i won't do it it's just it's awful i just want to hear what they have to say and that's it i don't give a shit what mainstream media opinion is especially since uh i don't know why they all of a sudden love michael bloomberg where, well, I mean, right. he just came out of nowhere, and it's all of a sudden mainstream media is just stuffing it down your throat. And I'm just like, really? Because from the masses on the internet, no mm-hmm. one fucking likes him. Well, here's here's what it is, and I'll explain it to you. Um, a funny thing has happened in the on the in the Democratic Party. What it is is that um, people actually believe that they should have power, <laughs> and so the way the Democratic National Committee has kept people from having power is through money. Because elections take money, right? So they force all of their people to contribute so much money to the DNC fund. Then the DNC has this huge treasure chest. And if you want to run for office, you have to kiss their ass to get money to run for office. So it's, again, it's the whole thing that it's ridiculous that it costs hundreds of millions of dollars to run for an office. It shouldn't even be that way in the first place. Nope. But since it is, they control the purse strings. So they tell you what kind of a Democrat to be. So what's happened over the years is that um, the type of Democrat uh, that they want out there is not popular with the people anymore. The elitist California Nancy Pelosi uh, type Democrat is not doing anything for the American people anymore. So the people are like, well, what the fuck? And so they go, well, well, you're not getting that candidate because we aren't going to fund that candidate. So what's happened is people are giving their money directly to candidates. Yep. So whenever I've donated... Which I agree with wholeheartedly. Because we don't need a fucking... Another level of a system of people to misrepresent us. Right. But so what happened was, um, when Hillary was in there, the DNC actually went... They were bankrupt to start with because Obama bankrupted them. Right. And then Hillary came in with her giant purse, bought them out of debt, so they owed the nomination to her. Right, which if you if you check out last week's episode, we actually went into this pretty in-depth about the Debbie Washerman Schultz bullshit and yeah. the Donna, Briz, Donna, Donna Brazil, Brazil, yeah. Donna Brazil mm-hmm. uh, her whole account of the situation. So um, we did actually talk all about that last on last week's episode too. And if and before this uh, election started, you know, they were there was some I don't know actually it might have been after the election officially started, but there was some like conflict between AOC because she's a massive celebrity in the DNC right now. Right. And she's bringing in tons of tons. Oh yeah. And they wanted, they wanted their percentage and they wanted their percentage, which I believe she gave them their percentage, but they wanted the money that she's raised. And she said, no, because she's like, this money is for progressive candidates, which the DNC has clearly made no jokes that they're going to try to crush. Well, she's a diehard Bernie supporter. So she's not going to ever be a fan of the DNC. Right, and but I'm, I'm just hoping that you know last year was a fucking disaster, and in one 
election cycle, they turned so many people against them. Right. Um, and now this year, if they try to pull some shit, which I actually tweeted about this earlier, because I'm like, this is why I love the new wave of progressives, because if the DNC fucks us over again, we're going to burn this shit down. And then I tweeted underneath of it, by the way, this was metaphorically, not literally, <laughs> I don't want the mainstream media calling me a Bernie bro and saying that I'm inciting violence. Um, but no, I mean, it, it does piss me off that they try to, I will say that Bernie's people are pissed off. They we are, are pissed off. Yeah. But it's like, we're not the only ones that get on the internet and make conversation with people because I can't tell you, like, I have, like, death threats yeah, in my Facebook messages from Trump supporters, from Hillary supporters right. from back in 2016. So this whole narrative that only Bernie has people that are bad, at, that are out there, and that he should somehow be responsible for the millions of people yeah. that support him is fucking stupid. So Mayor Pete tried to call Bernie out on that yeah. and got blasted. But let Especially, me go over this real quick okay, before we get, so this is the intro that was uh before the debate now this is uh the i can't remember the name name of the lady who was actually like the host but as her commenters okay she had andrea mitchell who's an nbc correspondent she had adrian elrod who's a former senior advisor to hillary clinton and she had michael Steele, who's a former head of the republican national committee now why the yeah, why is he even there why are these people the people that you pick to sit there and give you their take on, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. But anyway, so um, Andrea Mitchell's comment that I wrote down was, um, if they don't stop him now, talking about Bernie, if they don't stop him soon, he will uh, roll into California uh, in the lead and he'll roll out Super Tuesday as the presumptive nominee unless the moderates can find some way to slow him down. Which, why would you want to do that? So that's what I'm saying. Poll after poll after poll, we see that some polls do say Biden, which I just have a hard time believing because his numbers are coming out so low. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other polls say Bernie. Those are the only two people I've seen reported as has a chance against Trump is Biden and Bernie, which I believe are true because Biden does have huge name recognition for being VP. Right, and he's right, probably right. going to win a lot of people over with this constant Obama rhetoric. Mm -hmm. So I believe that that's accurate, Biden or Bernie. So I, I just I just don't get it. I fail to see what, it, well, unless they just come out and say, we just hate Bernie because he's going to take all our money. Right. What excuse can they possibly come up with that well, we want to defeat him even though he's being shown that he could take on Trump, like right. it doesn't make any sense. And that's what I'm. That's what I why I wanted to read these because well, I mean we see it all the time. It's pretty consistent in mainstream media. But just to show you the framing, the language framing, because if Pete Buttigieg was running away with it right now, they would just be cheering. They'd have the pom poms out. They'd be you know screamed at the top of the lungs. No one's going to catch them. You know they might as well drop out now. Like it would be like yeah, go Pete, go Pete. But because it's Bernie, there's like this, it's like he's a threat. Having massive support of the public is a threat. It's like, no, that's, that's called democracy. I feel like anybody with a brain can see that too. And I hate that I get this biased when I say this because they're like, wow, you're one of those Bernie people. And I'm just like, okay, but so are a lot of people. Yeah. Do, is this a democracy or not? Like, I don't want Trump in there and probably would have preferred another Republican that isn't such an idiot. That's who they wanted. Right. So exactly. at least there's respect for that and the whole bullshit of, you know, popular votes and this and that. I don't know how I feel about it. Sometimes I feel like maybe it is the best choice to have the representation spread out. Other times I think, no, one person, one vote. You know, that's how it should be. Right. But topic for another day, the bottom line is, is that he won. Right. And people wanted him. And it's like, as much as I don't like that, you know, and I actually saw a tweet about that where it was like people on stage that are saying that, 
you know, the person who wins the most votes should get to be the nominee. And it's like, Amy, no. Pete, no. Elizabeth, no. Biden, no. Bernie, yes. Yes, right. He's the only one. Right. And I think that's going to make some, you know, some waves. I mean, the main the mainstream media can't control what's out there on social media. But you do have, I believe, at least one, probably two or three, um, two, two I'm pretty sure of, uh, campaigns, which I would say is Bloomberg and um, uh, Pete, are have actual teams of people out there wreaking havoc on the internet right now. I would believe it. And Bernie brought up a really good point when Pete tried to smash it with this because I'm like, here we are again having this conversation about supporters on the internet and this and that. Um, how do we know that they are not bots? Exactly. We've literally, this isn't a crazy conspiracy theory. We know that this happened. Russia interfered. There was massive bots spreading all kinds of fake information about a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, we know that this is a reality in our elections. Right. So it's not crazy to bring up. And the fact that Pete didn't even think about that for half a second because the other, the opposite point fits his narrative. Right. Is fucking bullshit. Well, I think he didn't bring it up the other point because he's, he knows he's doing that. Right, yeah, well, that could be too. Yeah. It's, it is funny that out of all the candidates on stage, the one person that brings it up, like, well, your people, you yes. know, it's like, that kind of makes me feel like it was already in your head. Exactly. So, I mean, maybe that is crazy to link those together, but I, I see it. Well, somebody, did you see the exchange between Elizabeth Warren where the guy came up and knelt down and proposed to her with a ring? No, I didn't. So she was at a campaign event somewhere, and um, I think this was in New Hampshire. Yeah, so this was in New Hampshire. And a young guy that looks like one of Preppy Pete's people um, comes up and kneels down on stage and opens a box and gives her a is ring. Is she not married? Yes. She's married. I believe she is. I've never seen her husband on stage with her, but I believe she's married. And he kneels down and he says, will you be my, pres my presidential candidate or something corny like that? And then so, and she's talking to him and it's kind of awkward and like he's kind of like trying to so hug weird. on her and then she's trying to kind of like not sure whether she should put her arm around, you know, because the day a physical thing is like, what's the rules now? And so then, and then a guy in the in the audience yells out and he goes, oh, that's my friend over there. You know, he hasn't been out and, uh, you know, talked to a woman in forever because he's an incel. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> And everybody that watched it was like, what, like, what'd you say? Like, what the fuck? Like, was it a joke that he's an incel? Was he actually, like, getting his incel friend out of the house and decided to take him to Elizabeth Warren rally? What the was that whole thing about? What is going on, yeah. And somebody had mentioned that maybe it was a plant from Pete Buttigieg because they didn't think Elizabeth Warren would know what an incel is. So when they were joking, they were hoping to catch her saying something that they could inflame later and say, look, she's so stupid. She was encouraging this guy who's an incel, who's violent against women. Like, it was so bizarre. It, it seemed just, like a setup. It just seemed like a total setup. Yeah, I don't trust Sneaky Pete at all whatsoever. I think Mayor Cheat is a perfect name for him. Well, he was an intelligence officer in the military, you know that. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me yeah, at all. But okay, So when I look at, I was thinking this earlier when I was watching this and everybody on stage, and I guess I just, the only people I have respect for on the stage are the two women mm -hmm. and Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. And... I just, you know, no respect for Bloomberg whatsoever. Everyone knows that he's a piece of human garbage and he's racist and he thinks he can buy democracy and all kinds of awful things. I think Pete is sneaky. I don't trust him at all. And it's not necessarily that uh, Biden, I, it's not that I think he would be the worst, 
But some of the shit that he does, I'm just like, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with him? Well, like, I don't like Biden because Biden had, you know, eight years with Obama to do something. And I don't like most of what they did. I yeah, don't like most I mean, of what Obama did. So. He keeps going on about the ACA thing. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you did have your hands in that. And that was a really good thing. But you're right. Like, what the fuck were you doing? Like, you have to take, if you're going to take all the good that you did during the Obama campaign, then you also have to take the bad. Yeah, and I wish one candidate would have the nerve to say to Biden, how about all those bombs you dropped on Syria? How about that? Right. How about all the civilian deaths you caused? How about the, what about the uh, drone strikes? To, what about the promise to close Gitmo? Yeah. Uh, what happened to that, Biden? Because you didn't fulfill those promises, so. Yeah, and if he was so against the war, like he says now, that he was he was misled like everybody else into voting for the Iraq war. Well, dude, you were in there for eight years. What well, did yeah, you and Obama do? Right. do? Troop surge. So you guys didn't end the war. I so, mean, but from what I've been watching, I do like Amy Klobuchar. I think that, I think she's doing a really good job. I think that she has experience and I think she's been respectable so far. She hasn't pulled out any of these like low blow belt issues, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like her and I think that if it came down to voting for her, I wouldn't have to swallow my pride to do it. And as much as I've had to, you know, be pissed off clench my fist a little bit as elizabeth warren i think if it came down to her i wouldn't feel bad voting for her either mm-hmm. but it just it blows my mind you know that yeah. out of all the people up there i could stomach two of them but i, I, I don't mean even given how just, dangerous trump is i mean i think anybody with any common sense regardless of how devoted they are because you and i are about as devoted as you get to bernie at the same time you do have to recognize okay maybe klobuchar would be settling okay and maybe she wouldn't you don't really believe she's going to do much for the working class like you believe Bernie would. But, okay, when you put her up on the scale against Trump, like, you know, she's not dirty and corrupt like he is. She's not going to break down the barriers between, like, the balance of powers. Like, Trump is seriously a dangerous individual. So, right, they're kind of just, like, putting off his damage. They're curbing his damage, but they're not – I don't think they're going to be moving us forward at all. No. But – um but Bloomberg is the same. He is Trump. Yeah, he is. He's the same as Trump. He's blue Trump. And and Pete, I really believe that somebody like his age and his background and his his nothingness, the fact that he's been catapulted this far, I believe that there are other forces behind him that I it's it's like he's a puppet. Oh, Bernie called him out on that too about his donors, about Pete's billionaires right. donors, and it's a whole hashtag on Twitter, hashtag Pete's billionaires, and I'm like, yeah. good, call that shit out. So, um, yeah, so you got Andrea Mitchell saying they need to slow Bernie down. And then you have um, the moderator says establishment Dems are saying that Bernie could have this wrapped up by Super Tuesday because Bloomberg is dividing the moderate vote. Do moderates need to pick a candidate? And this former Hillary advisor, Adrienne, says the Bloomberg narrative is to push other moderates um, to make room for him. And actually, Amy Klobuchar called him on that because his campaign had the audacity to send her a memo saying, she should step aside. Right, which is bullshit because if anybody is looking for a moderate Democratic candidate, I would pick Amy. Yeah. Because she's not for the Medicare for all, so that makes her a little bit more moderate. And she's said time and time again that she's gotten bills passed with, you know, both Mm -hmm. parties in office and having to fight over control and this and that. So I think if they were going to push any moderate candidate, they should go with her. She doesn't have a black history. I mean, it it comes down to, at this point, I'm just asking, well, is this, this is a gender thing. Right. You're going to try to push Bloomberg as the moderate when you have Amy gaining ground right, right you know in front of you. know what she said? I've been told to step aside before and it didn't happen then and it's not going to happen now. Right. So it's just like, I don't know. At this point, I, I do. Th- she's being slighted to yeah. make room for Bloomberg and it's bullshit. Yeah. So then, um, you know, the first point here that I wanted to make in my notes is that uh, 
this idiot who was Hillary's former advisor, uh, Adrian, Adrian Elrod, um, by saying that, you know, they need to push these other, other people out so that they, their votes can then be lumped in with Bloomberg to get like a monolith of moderates, right? The problem with her strategy is that many, 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 many people who have Biden as their first choice pick Bernie as their second choice. Right. Many people who have Amy as their first choice pick Elizabeth Warren as their second choice, like because they want a woman or because there's a lot of reasons why somebody goes for somebody who might be classified as, quote, moderate or, quote, liberal progressive it just depends on the conglomeration of traits of what you're really looking for there's some women who are just solidly like listen it's time for a woman president i don't care yeah i don't believe in identity i don't believe in that but what i'm saying is you can't say because amy klobuchar's moderate if she drops out her vote's going to automatically go to bloomberg because it's it's not not. yeah no one who votes for them is ever going to vote for bloomberg yeah i don't the only people i see that may be willing to be swayed to bloomberg Pete's people. Are Pete's people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's all I can see. I cannot see anybody that is a diehard for any other candidate swinging to him, especially not Biden's people, because as people point out time and time again, that Biden has a good margin of people of color behind him. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to vote for Bloomberg. No. They're not going to vote for Mr. Stop and Frisk. No, I don't see it happening. I really don't. His campaign's trying to put it out there like black people have forgiven him for that. No, but they I've haven't. seen a whole lot. To not only have black have people not. not forgiven you, white people do not forgive you. Like, right. Yeah. It's awful. That's what I tweeted when I was watching the debates that you hear Bloomberg in the background when they skip over him for a question. He says, what am I, chopped liver? And I was like, yes, Michael Bloomberg, you are chopped liver. You are garbage. Now go get in the trash and rot where you belong. No one wants you here. Hillary wants to go on about how nobody likes you. Why don't you attack him? Because... Mr. Former Republican. Right. So this is Adrian. This, remember now, this is Hillary's former senior advisor, which to me, you lost to a TV show host. So pretty much your advice Move is along. a, is a yeah. pile of shit anyways. Like your expertise, like if you actually- If you got, lose to Donald Trump, your career is over. Move, it should move be. along. Yeah, you should never be allowed to comment on politics ever again if you lose to Donald Trump. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so she, she says that this, you know, Bloomberg- his campaign, he sees his own campaign as having a forward trajectory because he's rose, risen in the polls. I mean, after spending $300 million, you would expect that he would come up a little bit in the polls. Um, and he sees, uh, you know, Biden's campaign as on the decline. So he wants Amy and Biden and all these other moderates to get out of his way because that's his he's super arrogant. And, you know, I said um, to my other progressive friends, I actually kind of do hope that um, Bloomberg gets on, on stage and I sent out a big, long, very lengthy email because I was so irate when they changed the rules for him. But I said, you know, he, when he's on the stage, he's extremely arrogant. He's got very thin skin. He's not used to people telling him what he is. So he is going to suck so bad because he's barely going to be able to keep his temper under control and he's going to say stupid shit. He's just going to crumble. Yeah, and he is not prepared for the wrath of Elizabeth Warren. Or the, um, or the uh, authenticity of Bernie Sanders. Nope. Because he's just not authentic in any way, shape, or form. When you put a faker right next to a for real person, he's just going to look like a turd. You can't polish that turd. So anyways, That's Adri- like I'm calling him Turdberg. <laughs> it's a fitting name. So this is what Adrian says. Um, I would caution my moderate friends who are on the debate stage tonight not to go too far in terms of the pile on Bloomberg because Bernie Sanders could come out of this looking like a knight in shining armor when he's already performing at the top of the polls here in Nevada because he isn't being attacked. (laughs) Okay, first of all, 
Bernie's been attacked from day one. That is not why he's rising. He's way rising. back day one, like 2016 day <laughs> one. Exactly, because it was our fault that Trump got elected. But um, well, which is another thing I want to call out because I'm so sick of <laughs> being on Twitter and you know basically calling out these people who are bashing Bernie and his supporters. And I'm just like, you know, you guys are preaching vote blue no matter who, which I'm willing to do to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you hashtag unity, but then you shit on Bernie. How can you do that? How mm-hmm. is this so contradictory to hashtag unity, but then shit all over one of the candidates who's in the front line? Mm-hmm. So this lady replies to me, and I get this all the time. Oh, nice of Bernie people to come out and say unity when they wouldn't vote for Hillary. And I'm just like, where do you get that information? Because it's completely inaccurate. And now you guys just sound like the MAGA people. Just Listen, completely making up fake news. 20% did vote for Trump. 20% of Bernie supporters. One in 10. Right. Well, 20% is two in 10. But I've heard one in 10 voted for Bernie. Somewhere, to Bernie. somewhere in that, probably it's not an exact you know, measurement. Yeah, it's probably but, a pers- like a point. But, you know, remember in the Lev Parnas video, Trump says, well, I got 20% of Bernie's voters. He knows that. And the reason was not because of platform, because obviously Bernie is the exact opposite of Trump when it comes to, um, except for trade policies, I will say they're the same on trade policies. Um, so they, they're the same on that. There's a couple things that it says NPR claims that 12% of people, um, so like one in 10, which I believe because at that point, I don't agree with doing it, but a lot of people felt slighted by the DNC and we're just like, you know what? Well, then fuck you. Learn and your it's lesson. it's not just that. It's because Hillary ran on a complete um, Trump is bad. Trump is bad. Trump is bad. Trump is bad. Which is exactly what Bloomberg's the one. Trump is bad. And but she, she shit on a lot of working class she people. She did. And Bernie was claiming he was for the working class and Trump was claiming he was for the working class. And even though they were going to get to the end result of helping the, the working class in different ways... They were both still out there talking to the working class, and Hillary would not do that. Mm-mm. So she lost her own thing, and then they want to just blame it on people who said, hey, I'm a working class person. I'm going to vote for who's going to help me. Like, right, that's, exactly. That's so wrong. Like, don't blame the voter because they're looking. Of they're course, someone rich and elite like herself wouldn't understand being put in the position when you think you have to vote for your own interest because you have no other option. Because right. like I say all the time, I don't blame a lot of people in this area for voting for Trump because they truly believed he was their only hope to keep their jobs. Now I can tell you right now, I don't know what's st- I don't have any statistical basis for this, only what I have in real life experience, but we live in West Virginia. And I know several people, lots of people who work in the steel mill who are laid off right now mm-hmm. are not working including my fiance who mm-hmm. hasn't worked in 7 months and they keep telling him, "Oh, we're going to come back." And I'm like, "So when those people claim they voted for Trump because and that's why the steel mills are booming." Do they also come back and blame him for these layoffs? Because right. I understand that his policies somewhat affect it, but that this specific mill could just be laying people off. But on the other side of it, too, we know in this area that Murray mines are just known for treating their employees like shit, laying people off. But console mines are a little bit more stable. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people working for console right now that are getting their hours and their days cut. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I hope people see this and they, you know, even if they don't want to directly blame Trump for this, that they see, listen, when he was in office, you guys didn't have jobs. Mm-hmm. So just don't rely on him if you think he's just going to magically, he promised you they'd bring him back and he didn't. Right. I mean, all these people in Ohio are seeing it too, where he promised to keep the auto industry jobs, he promised to keep these jobs, this and that, and it never didn't happen. Right. So I hope that they truly take this as a lesson, you know, that he, he claims he's for the working class, and I know you think you're voting in self-interest, 
but the results aren't there. No, they're not. Not at all. Okay, so then on to um, Mr. Steele, who is the former Republican National Committee uh, chairman or whatever. He says, I keep falling back to 2016. This is so reminiscent of this stage in 2016 cycle where, you know, the Bushes and, you know, the other moderates on the stage focused more on each other than the guy who was standing there throwing bromides and not really answering the questions in Donald Trump. Um, so he's basically saying, uh, oh, he says, and the country began to shift their focus and make it more on him, talking about Trump, than on them, talking about the other moderates. He says the country saw them as the weakest link in going against Hillary Clinton. And that's the problem I think the moderate Democrats will have tonight um, is the idea of how much do I go after Pete if I'm Biden? How much do I go after Biden if I'm Bloomberg? How much do I go after Bloomberg if I'm everybody else? Their problem tonight is not Bloomberg. Their problem is Bernie Sanders. (laughs) I think they need to understand that. Take your shots at Michael Bloomberg, but Michael Bloomberg is going to be there. Um, he's he's in this race and uh, doesn't kick off till Super Tuesday, so he's not going anywhere. Um, and basically, he just keeps going after that. They have to they have to stop Bernie. They have to slow his roll. Yes, please destroy the one chance you have. That's what he's saying. <sighs> and it's just unbelievable because it's way- not that I absolutely do not think that Elizabeth Warren or Amy Klobuchar would make great candidates, but I don't know that they can beat Trump for the simple fact that again, as much as I hate to say this, this is what they ripped Bernie up for, Trump is going to try to destroy him, destroy them, based on the fact that they're women and nothing else. Mm -hmm. He tried to do it with Hillary, and he's going to do it again with them. And I honestly don't know if we're in a position in our country where people will ignore that. I don't know. I look around and see sexism every day. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yep. Now this guy um, does admit that Bernie has a double-digit lead of everybody else in the field, and that that lead is strengthening, not weakening. It says, so you run a real risk here of doing too much, uh, of carving out space for the moderates to try and position one of them against Bernie Sanders to, uh, to end up knocking him out of the race. Well, you know what, DNC? Maybe you shouldn't have put Bloomberg in there to take all the hits if you were trying to put exactly. heat on Bernie. You did it to yourself again. They, they, did, they did it to themselves. And I mean, I kind of feel like, is this some grand strategy where they don't really even care who it is because they're going to now now here's the next strategy that that people that support the moderate a moderate candidate are leaning to so if you combine all the moderate candidates together they have 60 percent of the electorate vote the people <laughs> this is so funny the way that they're doing this if you put the two only two now progressives together you only get 40 percent of the vote so there are people arguing that at the end of the day, if the DNC says, well, you know, 60% of people are voting for kind of moderate candidates and, and only 40% are kind of voting for progressive candidates. So if Bernie doesn't get, if anybody doesn't get to that magical number that makes them in the majority, which I, I forget, what the, forget what the number is. It's like 1,900 delegates they have to get or something. I can't remember. But anyways, if, they do, if the, whoever gets the delegates, number of delegates doesn't get it by a wide enough margin, the DNC superdelegates are allowed to come in and pick, just like they did last time. So the first round, the people have a chance to actually pick the nominee. But if there's not a wide enough margin, the superdelegates can come in and pick who it is. So there's already this talk of, well... and those, But those people have got to know that they're never going to be able to live it down. People are not going to forget if they screw him out of it twice. I think that they never would have let Bernie even into this race this year if 
they weren't afraid that they didn't have the numbers to beat Trump. I really think that even though they despise Bernie, they let him run as a Democrat again, even though people are jumping up and down and he's an independent, which is ridiculous. Um, but they let him in because he's got the biggest base of all. And, um, you know, you can say what you want to about, oh, in certain states, certain swing states, Biden's got more than Bernie or whatever. Okay, but the bottom line is, if all those people that were going to vote for Biden, this was the Hillary argument, if all of them went for Bernie, if he's the nominee, we would easily beat Trump. So it's all up to you guys now, the shoes on the other foot. That's the way I look at it. You want to go through the next four years listening to Bernie people tell tell you that you lost the election because you didn't vote for Bernie? Because that's, that's probably what's going to end up happening. Yeah, but they're in such denial. That's what I'm saying. The people on the left that are so anti-Bernie are as bad as MAGA people because they just make up these, like, nonsense. I mean, just like I said, all these people saying, well, you're the reason why Hillary lost. And I'm like, no. Like, they proved that over 70% of Bernie people went out and voted for her. He campaigned for her. He went, and what is she doing in return? She's attacking him now instead of attacking Trump. Right. It's not our fault. Mm -hmm. Because we all, like, went back on it, and and even though we screamed Bernie or bust, we gritted our fucking teeth, and the most of us did what we had to do. Yeah. So I'm tired of fucking hearing it, because I didn't swallow my pride and, and grit my teeth and <laughs> vote for her right. to have you come back and tell me it's my fault she lost anyway. Right. Like, no, you, you, put, you put a Clinton up there. What were you expecting to happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, people, people are completely and totally 100% in denial that supported her because, you know, they're just, they, they can imagine, they can, they can manage to ignore so much that she did. And, you know, then you look at the flip side of it and you're like, okay, well, Bernie, you know, he wants Medicare for all and people are saying, oh, it's impossible. He'll never get it through because there's too many Democrats that won't, that don't believe that people should have health care. Well, that's a problem there. Maybe we need to get rid of all those Democrats in the House and the Senate that don't believe people should have health care. Maybe we should get rid of them, too. But the bottom line is, whether Bernie gets it or not, he has to push for it. Right, and I know a lot of people who have come onto the Bernie bandwagon or the Bernie train, whatever you want to call it, because they think, you know, well, if we start out with Bernie and his he's up here, you know, aiming super high. Mm -hmm. Then when you have to negotiate down to the middle, we'll come right. out with something decent as opposed to these people who are moderate that are going to come in with a moderate view and we're not going to get shit and nothing's yeah. going to change. It'll be like Nancy Pelosi voting on Trump's military budget. Right, exactly. There's no resistance at all. She just gives him whatever he wants, you know? Um, so, let's see, what else do we have to go over other than... Okay, oh, so I wanted to ask you what your predictions for um, Nevada and South Carolina are going to be. Well, interestingly enough, in the pre-debate blathering that went on for over an hour, they didn't mention that Bernie has secured the um, endorsement of the largest Hispanic group in Nevada. It might be one of the largest in the, in the country, but um, obviously there's a large Hispanic population in Nevada, so they're saying that this particular group is going to, uh, you know, really, really seriously boost his numbers in Nevada. Now, the reason that the moderates are freaking out is because if they get when they go into California there's also a very large Hispanic population there but they have the rule about the 15% rule so if you don't get you know how in Iowa if you didn't get 50% you're not considered viable right so what they were talking about if Bernie rolls into California in the lead he's got a double digit lead at this point 
which means that now the Bloomberg's thrown himself into the mix. Um, none of them might have the 15% to actually give them any delegates, which means Bernie would walk away with all of them, which is like 300 and some delegates. It's a huge chunk. So I have never seen a country fight that, <laughs> that fights democracy so much when we literally bomb places claiming that we represent democracy. Like, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, isn't it insane? It is insane. It's totally insane. And, you know, California, people always go, oh, California, you know, it's so liberal, it's so liberal. And they believe in them. They're like the most liberal. And people think liberal is like, well, you know, we're more de- democratic. And the, and, and the Republicans, they're like more like dictators. And, you know, they want to do everything from top down. And, you know, I, I won't say you're wrong about the Republicans, but California actually um, fought Proposition 11, which was about redistricting. We covered a whole episode on redistricting mm-hmm. because the census is coming up and it's going to be an issue again. But the establishment Democrats out there fought against people, the electorate, having a decision in where the, the district lines were drawn. And why did they fight that? Because the way that it is favors the establishment Democrats. Because if you're in office, you can reroute your districts however you want to favor yourself to make yourself stay in office longer. That is bullshit. Yeah, that shit needs to be That is not, not democracy. And like they were actually I don't using know why it. they don't just put a giant like piece of grid paper over a map of the United States and be like, okay, this is it. Too bad. You're done. Everyone gets an equal <laughs> square. Like, fuck off. This is geometry now. Like well, squares it is. There is a reason why they can't do that. Because say West Virginia. Yeah, I get it. it's like different spaces to represent different populations, but well, and the and the fact that like you get you have like we have three representatives, right? So there's like Charleston has a massive number of people, mm-hmm. so they they can't extend their district out too far because they've already got their number of people. So it has to be so many people in each district. So I mean, I get all that, but so at the same I time, don't understand them why they don't just put it like okay, well, if this is the this is the limit, and it has to be this size, and mm-hmm. just make it a mathematical thing. Like, all right, start from the center and go out in a a radius of a certain amount that covers the population that you need and then call it. Mm-hmm. Let's not like draw these crazy lines. Right. That, I mean, it just, I'm so tired in politics or people always come back with these answers like, well, we can't solve this problem because A, B, and C. And I'm like, then what the fuck do I pay you for? Right. I'm and actually what you you're talking about. I'm paying you to find solutions, not give me fucking excuses. Yeah. Well, actually what you're talking about, making it very mathematic and very even, um, is done in a couple states. I think it's, North Dakota, South Dakota, maybe Iowa. There's like a couple states that actually, if you look at their districts, their congressional districts, they're extremely regular, like squares. They're pretty regular. And if there's a question of whether to like move the district lines, it's like not up to the people in the party. It's a separate group of people. It's not the person, it's not anybody in the party. So that way, you know, it keeps it fair. I'm seriously hoping that these past two elections if nothing else, are teaching the generations who, you know, are going to come into power Mm -hmm. um, as a matter of time, just learn from this. And we really start to put our foot down about no longer being slaves to the two-party system because it just needs to end. Well, it's pretty funny because I ran across a video of Howard Dean. I don't know if you know who he is, but he kind of turned into a shitbag. I actually wanted to vote for him once, but um, he got ran out of an election because he made a really goofy laugh noise. Somebody asked him a question and he was like, woohoo! 
Ooh, made some kind of really stupid sounding laugh that was completely Oh my obnoxious. God, I think, I think people still meme that. Yes, and they replayed this. The mainstream media replayed yeah. it over and over. And the you couldn't turn on your TV. Yeah. The scream that doomed Howard Dean. Wait, yeah. I gotta, I'm gonna play it. <laughs> I gotta play it. Let me see. I don't even remember what it sounded like. Okay, wait. Marking. We're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. And we're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Ah! <laughs> there it is. Okay. There's the screw. That so. is hilarious. <laughs> But that's how the mainstream media, and the reason I donated to Howard Dean, I don't even remember now, because 2004, oh my God, that was so long ago. But, I just can't um, get over his, we're going to go here, we're going to go there, and I can name all these states. Huh? But I remember telling people, like, when you vote for somebody, don't listen to what's coming out of their mouth. Ignore that. Go and look at who gives them money. Because whoever gives them money, when they get in the office, that's who they're going to please. They please the donor class. Like, I was saying that way back then in 2004. So I would go to OpenSecrets.org, and I would look at, like, who gave who money, right? And um, Howard Dean was raising a ton of his money from college students. He was getting individual donations from college, college students. So I really liked that about him, that he, was, he really was saying he grassroots. was doing a grassroots organization. So that was the one thing I support. I don't even remember, like I said, what all his policies were, but I supported him because of that. And that's what they did to Howard Dean, because you can't have a grassroots movement or the establishment will destroy you. Yeah, okay, maybe Bernie learned from that, because he is so careful when people set him yeah. up for yeah. bait that oh, he just he is he doesn't fall for it he, he did get a little flustered at this last debate i think oh, he was i don't really, think it was flustered i think he just let let like, it rip he, man. Just, he just let it rip just the look on his face when he like looked over at pete and was like oh i'm sorry let me bring up your fucking billionaires pete you want to go there pete you want to fucking go there pete and i'm like ooh, ooh. but then he kind of laughed at himself like after he tore pete a new one pete was like and then bernie kind of like you could see him like laugh a little bit like yeah i got done that one today <laughs> Yeah, he did. He did laugh. Yeah, he did take a break. He's like real serious looking. Then he just starts laughing. And it's like, oh, yeah, you didn't think old man had it in, did you? I know. I feel like they do act like that. Like they just uh, (laughs) treat him like he's some kind of shambling old man. I'm like, oh, you're fucking done, dude. You're fucking done. And Pete's trying to hone in on that whole, like, making him out to look like a shambling old man, which is why he brought up the medical records oh, bullshit. Oh, have mercy. Which is, like, I don't understand why they don't just find some unbiased, completely, like, not bought and paid for doctor that cannot be corrupted. I'm sure we can find one somewhere, even if they're foreign, Jesus, like, something. Mm-hmm. And just let one doctor give them all a physical and be like, yeah, they're all either good or they're not. Like, right. that's it. You don't need to release somebody's complete medical records. That's ridiculous. If I went and applied for a job and they told me they wanted my complete medical records, I'd tell them to go fuck themselves. No, but what was cool about that was, though, they did open the door on transparency. Yeah, that's And true. Elizabeth Warren took Mike Bloomberg to task about... The, first, they talked to him about his taxes. And which everybody's hand went up. He, like, stumbled around. He sounded like Trump. He was like, well, my taxes are you know really complicated and they're preparing them now and like he should have just came out and said you poor people won't understand like yeah that's what he that's what he's trying to understand i can't use turbo tax (laughs) yeah what a slam dude like literally you just got up on the stage (laughs) at a democratic debate and made a slam at poor and middle class people who use turbo tax and then amy klobuchar was like um i think we use turbo tax what a fucking idiot. <laughs> she brought it right back, man. She was like, and I did like her little comment about the post-it note because Elizabeth Warren said that oh, yeah, Amy's plans on a post-it note. And she's like, I don't know if that's a, supposed to be a dig, but my state made post-it notes. So yeah, state pride. And I'm like, 
Hell yeah, Amy. <laughs> Shut that shit down. She is funny. I like her. Sometimes she's funny. But sometimes she like tells the same story. Like there's video compilations of her telling the same story oh, about she does. Trump. What she she's says very repetitive. But I mean, I guess if you followed anybody around on the Trump uh, on the Trump <laughs> on the campaign trail, you would see them repeat the same. Oh, thing Bernie's super repetitive. Yeah, he does. he's been saying the same thing for like four. I don't years, call it repetitive so. though. I call it being staying on point, like keeping yeah. his eye on the ball. He doesn't get distracted. I like bullshit. her bit though in the last debate, um, and I can't remember exactly what story it was that she quoted, but she went on to be like, you know, I will represent you. Mm-hmm. I will. I will represent this group and this group and this group. I will represent you. And she keeps sticking with that. And I feel like that maybe I am one of those people that gets too involved in like the quote unquote romance of the whole political uh, spectrum. But like that was a moment where I was like, this did move me because here we are in 2020 and there is a powerful, strong woman in politics who has gotten shit done and mm-hmm. to my knowledge doesn't have any awful history behind her to be brought up and thrown in her face like bloomberg does Mm -hmm. um and she's giving a speech to these people like i am with you i will represent you and i'm Mm -hmm. just like this this is one of those moments for me where i'm just like i I won't forget it yeah and i don't i have not heard anything about like her having like giant money donors behind her i really haven't heard that i mean i did hear that elizabeth warren kind of waffled like at first she said she wasn't going to take corporate money then she said she wouldn't then she said she wouldn't she kind of went back and forth, and then she swore it off, but she said she was she was going to take it when she got to the battle with between her and Trump. So I don't know about, like, his back, back and forth with her. Pete obviously takes big money. Um, but, you know, I just feel like if you refuse big money, you're almost casting yourself into the ocean of, now I have to have support of the people. Right. Because you if you can't, if people can't give you, and actually Bernie. Which I think besides Bernie, that Yang was the only other one who did that. Who took only that did not, not take I don't like, think packs. I don't think Elizabeth Warren did after Let me look it up. she got called on it. I don't think she did. Cause she first she was like, Well, I'm not it's not gonna change me, but people were just like, Yeah, but that's not that's not what we're saying though. We're saying like it should be unilateral you know, it should be everybody should disarm from the big money donors. Because it's not really fair if Bernie says he's not going to take any big money and pe- poor people, literally poor people, are giving him five, $2, $5, whatever they can scrape out of their, their fucking paycheck to give him so that he can compete with people taking big money. Because, you know, it's funny when people always say, well, democracy's not free. Yeah, I know, because every paycheck i got to figure out, like, if i got money to give to a candidate, which shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. Poor people shouldn't be having to buy the representation of their fucking people running for office. Like, that's what democracy is. You shouldn't have to buy that. That should just be people's support should be, should, should be it. But I think when you have as many millions of people, like, if they only give a dollar or two dollars, you can make it. You know what I mean? And so I think Bernie's campaign really has illustrated that, that if you're a candidate who was 100% like, and I don't know who's going to fill his shoes um, whether he does or does not win this, this, uh, the presidency, who's going to come after him. And I at least feel a little better that in the house that we had some new progressive faces coming up in the ranks like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and, you know, Ilhan Omar and people that were said they, they could not win. There's no way somebody like them could win. And they won because they had supportive people in their district. So but I think the reason that Bernie's message is, is being received, and I hope the other candidates, like Klobuchar, seems like she's picking up on it, is whenever they say to Bernie, well, what about minority people? And Bernie says, well, you know, my policies are going to help 
people who are disaffected by all of these things, by not having health insurance, by not, you know, so he, he, he understands that certain groups like women and minorities are more dramatically affected by the biases that exist in society, but he's not playing identity politics. He's saying, I'm here to lift all people up. And if you're a person of color or a woman, you're obviously, you're going to be helped more because it's the nature of the beast. You have to remove these obstacles to these people being able to do well in society, which is education and all those things. So every time they try to derail Bernie onto identity politics or try to sway him one way, he just brings it right back home. Listen, it's all about, and this is, this is a very, this is very true of socialists back in the day. You know, the social, early socialist movement in the United States was basically a labor movement. And they were, they were completely 100% for equal rights among races and genders. Because the bottom line is, you're a worker, and there's a company that's trying to take advantage of you. So all of us workers, the Workers' Party, we all have to be together to be able to fight for rights for, for workers. That's kind of what it all originated as. So they were like the most liberal people ever because they didn't care about your race or your gender. They were, you were just a worker and it was all of us workers against basically the corporation. So it looks like on Open Secrets that Amy Klobuchar's top contributors from 2015 to present are Delta Airlines, Dorsey & Whitney, which is a law firm, Cargill Inc., which has something to do with food, Mm -hmm. uh, General Mills and the University of Minnesota, which uh, it's worth mentioning that the Dorsey and Whitney and the Cargill Inc. Um, are both from Minnesota. So maybe that's, you know, mm -hmm. maybe it's just because that's where she's from that they right. support her. Um, but when it says source of funding campaign committee 2015 to 2020, um, only $11,000 came from PAC contributions. Mm -hmm. So... A large yeah, portion of Pete, hers. See what Pete says. A large portion of hers, thirty-seven percent, is uh, small individual contributions, mm -hmm. and fifty percent is large individual contributions. So, I mean, not bad. That's right. not bad. So let me look up Pete. I love how everyone gets his name wrong too. Some people call him Budigidge. Yeah. Budigidge. Like, just what is your name, Pete? Just say it so they'll stop saying it wrong. Like, that's why people just call him Mayor Pete. Mayor, Pete, Mayor, Mayor Cheat. Mayor Cheat. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Pete Buttigieg contributors. There's a lot. There's a lot. Let's see. Uh, Alphabet Inc. Not familiar with them. Microsoft, University of California, Paul Weiss, Walt Disney. That's strange. AT&T, Sullivan and Cromwell, Amazon. Oh, you know who Sullivan and Cromwell is. Um, Does it I ring a bell? Sounds familiar. Sullivan and Cromwell? That's the law firm that the Dulles brothers worked oh, for. Oh, God damn. CIA. That's big time right there. Wow. That's as corporate so have, intelligence uh, as you can get. And then man. right under it, Amazon. Okay, <laughs> Bezos. Uh, Kaiser Permanente. <laughs> Apple. Wells Fargo. It just gets worse. <laughs> McKinsey & Co., Harvard University, Comcast Corp. Why? Comcast is so fucking evil, dude. They're, they're whores. They're money University whores. of Notre Dame. Notre Dame, that's how they say it. Yeah. I always say Notre Dame, and people are like, you fucking uncultured swine. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're the uncultured swine. <laughs> um, which is strange, because he's gay, so you think that because they're so Catholic that they would not donate to him. But that's interesting. Um, U.S. government, Delawite, Delo, Delouette, LLP, Facebook, 
Mm-hmm. J.P. Morgan and Chase and Bank of America. I think we talked about last week that Pete Buttigieg was one of the first 300 Facebook users because he and mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg went to college at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Apparently knew each other. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I want to see what else. Facebook too. is just. Oh, oh. Yeah, I'm not familiar with a few of these, but the rest of them, I feel like context clues tells me that they're not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let me look up Elizabeth Warren now. That was the last one I wanted to look at. Fucking mm-hmm. walnut. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Interestingly, like, and none of those, like, groups that Pete had were, like, LGBTQ groups. I've heard that he's had a lot of... Cu- uh, yeah, that is you know, strange, actually. I've heard he's had a lot of flack from the community because they look at him like he doesn't really represent the community because he's just, um, I don't know the terminology, but basically he's not making it his whole identity, which I guess I, I don't disagree with that. No, it's not that it's that they say that, you know, he's pretty much his brand of sexuality, like just being a a gay man. I was going to say a straight gay man, just a regular identifies as a male, but prefers men. Right. That's, like, not controversial anymore. No, it really isn't. So, basically, what they're saying is that, you know, trans people now are the, the group of people that are really being marginalized and abused. Yeah, but I get that. But trans if gonna, people of color and blah, blah, blah. And they if just, you're going to play identity politics, a gay man becoming president is a big deal. But I just wouldn't vote for him based on that. No, I, that's what, I wouldn't either. But I just... But I feel like that community, though, it's not like he has even 100% of support from them because a lot of them are like, listen, you're a rich white dude. Yeah, what do you know about being discriminated against? <laughs> yeah, like that's how yeah. they feel. Like, they don't think just because he's gay and we're gay or we're trans that we're going to vote for him because he doesn't even represent us, really. He doesn't have the oppression that they feel they do. Um, so here we have again Elizabeth Warren. She also has um, donations from this Alphabet Inc. So I'm going to have to look that up and see what they are. Um, University of California, Harvard, Microsoft Corp., Amazon, Apple, U.S. government, Kaiser Permanente, AT&T, City of New York, IBM, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, State of California, City University of New York, Columbia University, Walt Disney. Now, is that all for the 2020 elections? Yes. So hers are like identical to Pete's. Yeah, they really are. Um, IBM didn't give him anything and they gave her some. Walt Disney, that shocks me. That's weird. Um, University of Massachusetts, of Michigan, New York and University of Washington. Mm-hmm. So a lot of universities giving to her, which is strange since she's like, oh, I want to erase college debt. You think they would not give her money? Mm-hmm. That seems kind of strange. It seems like she might not follow through on that promise considering she's taking so much money from mm-hmm. them. Um, but yeah, anybody who takes money from Amazon, I immediately don't trust you. <laughs> so there's that statement. Well, how is but she? How Disney, is Amazon giving her money whenever she's talking about a tax on the the top one percent, which Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't. That just doesn't. That's this is why looking at where the money comes from is so important because mm-hmm. how 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 why would you give money to someone who says they're going to tax the shit out of you? Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't. But right. they gave her one hundred and two thousand seven hundred eight dollars. It says. As a matter of date. fact, I heard that Amazon, Jeff Bezos in particular, encouraged Bloomberg to run. Yeah, I'm not shocked by that. I actually thought that Bezos himself was going to run because he and Trump were having their little spit and spat back and forth because you know Bezos owns the Washington Post, right? And they print a lot of negative articles on Trump, and 
So they were going back and forth for a while, and then Jeff Bezos upped the minimum wage at his place to $15 an hour, and it was like, hmm, see, that's very, that's strange. And it was right before, like, the people were supposed to register, and I was like, I just think he's going to run for office, because why would he do that? Like, it's not out of the goodness of his heart. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's weird, too, is that also, uh, I was looking at the money that Facebook gives to candidates, and they claim that they give money to everyone just because they're just trying to donate money to all parties. But then it's um, like giving nothing. Right. I, that's It is weird. But it's kind of stupid. I guess just to like come back and say, hey, we gave you something regardless of who wins. Well, I get that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that makes sense. They like, actually do give more money to Republicans than they do Democrats. Well, yeah. And I and I said too. When, Not by a huge margin, but still it's, it's. When, remember when it came down to whether Facebook was going to, um, what they were going to do at political ads because of all the bullshit that happened in 2016. Right. And Twitter said they weren't going to have political ads. They just swore them off altogether. Yeah, hell yeah, Twitter. Thanks for also not banning me every time I get mad and say men are trash, which Facebook bans <laughs> me like once a week for that, so. So, but Facebook was like, went over the thing, remember the Nancy Pelosi video that was altered to make her look like she was drunk? Oh, no, I Yeah, didn't, so there was I'm a video shocked, of Nancy but... Pelosi and they someone slowed it down. So when she's speaking, it makes it seem like she's drunk because they slowed the video down. And... It got spread massively on Facebook. And so, you know, um, Democrats came out to Facebook and were like, hey, like, if somebody puts on something on there that is blatantly false, it's been, you know, engineered and is false, you know, are you going to allow that to be on there defaming that person? And basically Facebook said, we're not getting into it. So they openly said they are not going to, if there's fake ads on Facebook, they are not going to remove them. They're just going to put some little disclaimer on it that this may have been altered as whatever. Yeah, I've seen that. I have seen that. So... And they have a button now that when you report something, it gives you the option to report it as fake news. But I can tell you, I have personally used that a ton to report things that are just blatantly false. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't removed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and it's not like stupid things like a difference of opinion, but this is just blatantly false. Like, there was a photo someone posted of... Uh, it was a... It was claiming that Elon Omar was training with some kind of rebels and they photoshopped a real photo of a woman training with rebels with her face on it. And I was like, this is, first of all, this photo was taken 10 years before she was born and they put her face on it. This is so wrong. And I reported it and nothing. The person, basically what happened is I ended up humiliating the person who posted it until they took it down Mm -hmm. because they were embarrassed. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Thanks, Facebook, for, you know. Right. It's like so, that picture of uh, Hillary Clinton or, and Obama. It's the same photo. They just edited it to be shaking uh, Osama bin Laden's hand. Yeah. And it's so, so, so fake. But, yeah, it's just shared always. Yeah. All the my time. mom sent me that one. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I see my grandmother poses it yeah. constantly. She's also the same person that posts Han Solo and thought it was Jesus. So. Well, yeah. I mean, Facebook is not doing very much for fake news. No, not at all. well. They're doing a lot for fake news. They're promoting fake. News. Yeah, they're not doing a lot to stop it. But right. Anyway, we're at about ten after, so I guess we'll cut this off here. I really want to do. It's election season, so it's so hard to fit in different things because I do have a good topic about um, just some different moral values, which is what we were originally going to talk about. But then we both watched the debates and um, our blood pressure went through. There's nothing moral the about. Yeah, there's just, it's just insane. Um, 
<laughs> and I really want to do a conspiracy again, too. So hopefully we'll get back to doing one of those. If Which also might be about the election if it keeps going the way it is. Oh, because man. I'm sure there's all kind of shady business just lurking right under the surface. I think Facebook's going to turn into Reddit, pretty much. <laughs> Dude, because <fucking> Reddit. <laughs> I, made I the remember when I mistake. first found Reddit and you were just like, Mom, don't go on Reddit. Yeah, Reddit's I told like you. a bunch of old white racist men who are just... Well, now it's just a bunch of incels. So. Incels, women haters. Like You're like, that's what Reddit is. And I was like, oh, really? I didn't know that. And like now, and I've, and I've been on it a couple of times. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. And then now I'm just like, Facebook's going to be the new Reddit. There is a really cool like section of Reddit that has like a lot of conspiracies and different people who just like connect over like, hey, I found this, you know, weird book and it has no title and like everybody tries to figure out what it is and that's really cool. But I made the mistake of introducing my brother to Reddit for that type of thing because we were trying to figure out this mystery of this paper he found (laughs) on the ground, which I, I figured it out. Actually, my friend George figured it out. I sent it to him and I was like, what could this possibly be? It's like all these strange numbers I don't understand, like in tally marks, and uh, we're trying to figure out what it is. And he was like, you idiot. He's like, that's a, for a tip board. He's like, it's a gambling thing. That's for tip, but they're tip board notes. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so uh-huh. um, we didn't need Reddit anyway because George solved the mystery. But um, yeah, so if I come back and my brother's radicalized in a few weeks, I'm sorry. <laughs> I introduced him to Reddit. Um But anyway, I guess that's all we have for this week. So this is Juke signing off. And this is Mick signing off.